welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more messages and resources, please visit allpeoples.com or download our free All People's Church app. Uh, This is Baptism Sunday, and uh, we're excited for many people to be baptized, and it reminds me of a funny story I heard. It was a rainy weekend, and a mom was watching her twins, her twin girl and twin boy, outside playing in the rain, and all of a sudden she's horrified as the girl just takes her brother and body slams him into a ditch, into a puddle of water. She runs out, what are you doing? Where'd you learn that kind of behavior? She goes, mama, I learned it at church. The, the pastor said, in the name of the Father and of the Son, and in the hole he goes. <laughs> I thought you'd get that. Nine o'clock, thought that was a lot funnier than you guys did. All right, wake up, church. I'd love to uh, meet you guys at the Welcome to the Family class immediately following the service. My wife and I will be there. You'll hear a brief explanation about our church, and we'd love for you to meet the pastors, understand how you can get more involved. We're talking in a series entitled Real Church, Real Church, and we discussed last week how there's this river that's flowing through the church that transforms our lives. We talked about five Ds, waypoints in the journey of transformation. Let's put those up for you to see again from last week. We talked about people meet Jesus and they make a decision. Then immediately after making a decision, they get baptized. We called it dunked for the sake of making them all Ds. They go on and they get delivered into freedom, getting freedom in Christ. They move on to being discipled, discipled through small group community, discipled through a mentoring relationship, and then they're deployed into their sphere of society to transform the world with the gospel message. This morning, we're going to zero in on dunked. We're going to zoom in on that specific Uh, attribute of the body of Christ. We're going to be looking at a familiar story in Acts chapter 8. If you turn with me there, we're going to put it up on the screen. This is the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And it starts in verse 26. It says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandaki, or Candace in the ESV. It says, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way, uh, was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near to it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. Well, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So we invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, Who's the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? 
Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. That's what a lot of people are saying today. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Wow. Cool day. Let's uh, look at this line by line. There's some points that I want to draw out for us to understand what the New Testament church is truly like. The first thing we see is in verse 26 and 27. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And it says, So he started out. God speaks to Philip, and then boom, he starts out. This is really important for us to understand because so oftentimes we read the Bible and we want to know why were there so many miraculous things happening? And oftentimes in church today, people say, why aren't the same things happening today in church like they did back then? Here, give you some context. This is like Philip walking around in downtown San Diego or walking around here in City Heights when God speaks to him and says, head outside of the city to the desert road. So think about that. He didn't have a Prius. He couldn't call Uber. He had to walk. So this is an inconvenient order from the Lord. But what does it say? It says he immediately started out. So imagine him walking downtown. He walks down the 8 freeway outside of El Cajon. He's kind of walking into East County Desert. And then something happens. What I want you to understand is that Philip was obedient. Philip was obedient. One of the main reasons we don't see God move in more miraculous ways in the church is that we don't obey those promptings of the Holy Spirit. But when Philip obeyed, he set up an opportunity for God to move in power. I want to tell you, don't not heed. That's a double negative right there. Let's try that again. Don't disregard the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When God speaks, act, because you're setting yourself up for the miraculous in your life. That's what Philip was doing. Let's keep going. In verse 27, it says this. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in the treasury of Candace. Here, here is something very important to notice. That just seems normal. We just seem like we're reading a story. But you got to understand, in these times, it would have been very uncommon for a, a Jewish man who understood he was the chosen people of God, who lived a very set-apart life, to go and interact with an Ethiopian. You know, those, those places are different. Jerusalem is in the Middle East. Ethiopia is in Africa. Jewish people did not intermix with people of other ethnicities. But can I tell you that once the Holy Spirit starts moving in the real church, ethnicities start connecting and loving each other. You know, once you start letting the Holy Spirit get involved in your life, you're going to find yourself talking to people who don't look like you. Look around you right now. In this church, there are people from 50 different nations. 20% of this church is born outside of the United States. This is what God is doing on the earth. He is breaking down walls between ethnicities. He's destroying that racial barrier between us. That is the real church. Sometimes people say, hey, I'm amazed by this church. There's so many different ethnicities. There's so many different people groups. It's so diverse. And we just want to say, no, that's just the real church of Jesus. 
In the real church, God is unifying hearts. We don't have to just look like and be like people that just are just like us. And so this was what was going on. I want to encourage you, actually, if you're a part of this church, to reach out to people who don't look like you. I want to encourage you to build relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ that come from a different ethnic background than you. And here's why. You're going to understand a part of God's nature and character that you've never understood before. You see, the Bible says in Revelation 7, 9 that every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue is going to be gathered around his throne. And God has hidden different parts of his character in different people groups. And as we get to know our brothers and sisters from different lands, we understand more of who God is. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift that God has given us. It says this, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Here's so often what we do. We look at people and based on what they're wearing, this man would have been wearing something different. He was a royal official in Ethiopia. He, he would have had very colorful clothing, very ornate clothing. Philip, on the other hand, was a, a Jewish person and they would have had very drab robes on. Do you understand? Their clothing would have looked different. Their vehicle would have looked different. He had a chariot. Philip had his legs, right? And and their skin color, Philip would have been a, light, a lighter tannish color. This man would have been a brown or a blackish color. They were different. Philip could have easily said, there's no way God could be moving in his life. He's rich. He's from Ethiopia. They don't serve our God. But can I just tell you, we can't stereotype people. I want to tell you, I've, I've been standing out front of this church before and met Muslims from Afghanistan that were coming in to get to know more about Jesus. I've met people from all different countries, countries from which we think, no, those people don't follow Jesus, but we can't stereotype people because of what they look like. God is drawing people from every kindred, nation, tribe, and tongue. And so who are we to judge? We just need to be ready to engage with them. And that's what Philip did. Philip jumps up in that chariot. He gets into his world. This is what the real church is like. Moving on. This Ethiopian says, okay, I'm trying to understand this verse. I'm reading from the prophet Isaiah, and I read he was like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. He's like, what in the world is this? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about someone else? Philip was there to explain what this man was reading. And if you don't understand it, what this is, is it's a prophetic text. Hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, this is why we love the Bible so much, is that it would speak forth declarations about what the Messiah, what Jesus would be like hundreds of years before he ever came to earth. And Jesus fulfilled these countless prophecies perfectly. And so the prophet Isaiah was saying that the Messiah would be like this sheep led to slaughter. And you go, okay, that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, if you understand the Old Testament context, the priests who stood in the gap between God and people would bring out a sheep and they would put their hands on it and say, this sheep is receiving all the sin of all the people of Israel. And then they would take this pure and sweet innocent sheep and kill it right there it was a blood sacrifice for the sins of the people the sheep hadn't done anything wrong but it was killed on behalf of the people it's actually where we get the word scapegoat have you heard that before like man i don't want to be the scapegoat for that thing you just did well the little sheep the little goat was the scapegoat it received the punishment of the sins of all the people 
And that was a prophetic foreshadowing of what Jesus would do. That Jesus, though he was sinless, was the sacrificial lamb. He paid the price for our sins on the cross. And he died for us, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again on the third day. He rose defeating the power of sin and death. And I want to tell you, he wants to give you new life. Jesus died for your sins. Every person in this room has sinned. But Jesus has provided the sacrifice to pay for your sins. And all we do is accept him. And so that's what Philip starts explaining to the eunuch. Look at verse 34. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. How many people know that the news about Jesus is good news? You know, that, that's one of our passions here at All Peoples is there's too many Christians walking around like they've been sucking on lemons. Mm-hmm, right? And we're making Christianity look bad because we're, oh, I'm a Christian. This is just, you know, I can't do that. No, I don't do that. No, you know, we should be the most joyful people. We have good news. We want to share this good news. We're passing out party invitations. I'm not saying your life is going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you're not going to have hard times. But I want to tell you that we have good news to give to the world. Here's the good news this morning. You're not going to hell. Wow. You wake up. You're like, I can't pay my bills. I'm sick. I don't know if anyone likes me. But you're not going to hell. That's amazing. Right? If Jesus has forgiven you, you're not going to go to hell. And that's reason to celebrate. Verse 36, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. This is the central piece of our message this morning. So let me just explain this. The eunuch gets saved. The Ethiopian guy ends up understanding Jesus is that lamb. Jesus is taking away my sins. And right there, he accepts Jesus as Lord. And so what does he do? That moment, he gets baptized. What is baptism? We have these baptism troughs up here. Baptism is simply, we take a person, they go, they stand here, and we say, buried with him in baptism. We drop them into the water. Then we say, raised to walk in new life. It's a symbol of the old life going into the grave and the new life being raised in Jesus. Okay, it's a symbol. Now, why do so many people not get baptized? Like you'll have these big crusades where so many people raise their hand to give their life to Jesus, but then not near as many people get baptized. Why? Well, I I believe it's the difference between religion and relationship. The, the, The church at times has messed things up. And here's what I mean. We make baptism too hard as a church, right? Here's here's what I mean. Someone gets saved, right? And that's just a free gift. It's a free gift to give your life to Jesus. We, We hear the gospel. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, can you say Jesus is Lord, church? Okay. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved, I mean, some people might have gotten saved right then. Like right then you were realizing Jesus is Lord. And I tricked you into saying it, but all of a sudden you're like, wow, I believe that. You know what the Bible says? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you actually believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you're saved. 
You're spiritually new. It's that easy. You didn't have to work. You didn't have to come to church a certain amount of times. You didn't have to read the whole Bible. No, it's a gift. You just receive it. And then Jesus said the first thing you do is get baptized. It's a gift. It's a, it's a symbol. So in, in the book of Acts, they get saved, and on that day, they get baptized. But see, as churches, sometimes we said, well, you need to go to baptism class. And you need to study this many lessons. And then we have our baptism candidates. And then us church leaders are going to approve whether you could actually get baptized. Oh, that candidate, no, they didn't get elected this year, you know. And, uh, and this one, okay, you can get baptized. And, and then we make you go through some, some, some worksheets. And then, no, that, that's not, that's what this is like. It's, many people see baptism like this. They think it's like an award wi- ribbon. For doing something. So th- this right here says superior on it, this blue ribbon. My daughter won this. I know, I'm excited about that. It's a, uh, she won it at the fourth grade art fair is what it says. Okay? Oh. All right. <laughs> and so we think baptism is like this award. Like, I prayed, I gave my life to Jesus, and then I cleaned up my life, and I went through this class, and I worked so hard, and finally, I can get baptized. It's like an award. And and, and so many people don't get baptized because they're like, I don't deserve the award. I I haven't been a good enough Christian. Or, Or they think, you know, I've still got all these issues in my life that I can't get rid of, so I can't get baptized because I would make God look really bad. Like, I, I cursed yesterday. In fact, the water's so cold, I might curse when I get in it. And, uh, and I, I think we heated it up, by the way, today. I'm not sure about that. But, um, and so we're like, I don't deserve the, the, the blue ribbon, so I'm not going to get baptized. Can I just tell you, this is not what baptism is. You're not earning an award. You're not having to achieve something. This is not what baptism is, is like. This is what baptism's like. This, let me give you an illustration. Baptism... Is like this birthday cake. This is my wonderful assistant, Audrey. Thank you so much. <clears throat> okay, a birthday cake. Let me ask you this. Do you have to work to get a birthday cake on your birthday? Like, do, do you have to, like, have the best year ever, and that's when you get a cake and some candles? <clears throat> no. No, a birthday cake is something you get out of relationship. People that love you just give you a birthday cake. And, 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 and you don't, they don't walk out with the candles and they go, wow, look at how many candles you have. You must have done four good things this year. <laughs> no, no, they put candles. Just because you were born, it's something that happened to you, right? And don't worry. It's, it, that has no significance of anything in this message that that candle went out. <laughs> Some of you are like, okay, how's he going to tie that in? <clears throat> I'm not. All right. We get a cake because it's celebrating your birth. Let me say that again. You get a cake celebrating your birth. Let, let, let me explain it this way. I've seen a lot of one-year-olds get a cake. Okay, they have done nothing. <laughs> I, they're actually causing a lot of problems, right? And, and we come out and we give them a cake. They can't even eat it right. They just go, wow. <laughs> right? Why? Because it's something that happened to them. They were born, and so this is a symbol 
celebrating their birth. That's what baptism is. It's a symbol. Audrey, can you come out? I'm getting tired. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Thank you so much. Mm, love blue frosting. <laughs> baptism is not something you work to achieve. Baptism is a symbol about something that's happened to you. But Jesus tells us, repent and be baptized. Why? Because he wants us to understand. He wants us to log in our brain that something has happened to us. Something on the inside has happened, so we do something on the outside to remember it forever. And just so that the world can see, oh, this person actually knows they got saved. Their old life is gone. Their new life in Jesus has come. So let me ask you this. Who can be baptized? Exactly. Who can be baptized? It's those who have given Jesus Christ their life as their Lord and Savior. Now, some of you are going, okay, now I'm a little confused because I was baptized as a baby. My parents baptized me as a baby. We always have tons of people that that has happened to. So is that what biblical baptism is like in the book of Acts? No. Now, don't go get upset with your parents, right? If they had you baptized as a baby, their hearts were pure. Their desire was to dedicate you to the Lord. But that's not what Jesus and what John the Baptist were talking about because what they were talking about was a believer's baptism. We call it believer's baptism. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. A baby can't do that. But we come to an age where we understand I have sin and I need a savior. And you give Jesus your heart. You ask him to come into your life to forgive your sins, to give you a new life. And once you've done that, then you are baptized. So if I can do this, we're going to baptize a lot of people today. If I can have those that are getting baptized, if you just stand up, those that are baptizing people, stand up. Come on out the front right here. Follow Joel and Jason. You don't have to be over six foot to get baptized. And let me just say this. While they're coming, all these different ones, if you are hearing this message and you realize, hey, I haven't been baptized, but I need to get baptized you don't need to wait. These are ones that just signed up, but we got extra shirts for you, extra towels. If you need to get baptized right now, we had people do this in the nine o'clock. Just stand up wherever you are. If it's on your heart to get baptized and come with these people. They haven't gone to a class, right? Just stand on up right now and just go with them. They'll help you. They'll walk it through with you. Just you go for it. If you want, if you're a kid, you could ask your parent right now if you've given your life to Jesus. All right. So let's just go on because this is what's confusing to some people. They say, well, there's these different baptisms in the Bible. And that is actually true. There is more than one baptism in the Bible. Now, let me give you, let me take you to school for a minute, to theology school for a minute to break this down for you. Matthew 3.11 explains actually several different types of baptism. This is John the Baptist speaking. And he says this, I baptize you with water for repentance. So remember John the Baptist, he was that guy wearing the camel skin uh, robe and he's out in the Jordan River and he's baptizing people and he even baptizes Jesus. He says, I baptize you with water, but look what it says next. But after me comes one, and who is that one? Jesus, who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the 
baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so here are three different baptisms we see. The first is baptism through water. We have this little symbol right here to help you remember. Baptism one, baptism in water. After someone gives their life to Jesus, it's a symbol showing your old life is gone, your new life has come. But then we see a second baptism in Matthew 3.11. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we see this in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus has died on the cross. He's resurrected. He's appearing to his disciples. And he says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, he goes on to explain what this is. But you'll receive power, say power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what is this baptism? Well, first of all, why does it use baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because the word baptism in the Greek is baptizo. Baptizo means to be submerged or fully drenched in. So Jesus is wanting us to understand that we're supposed to be completely drenched in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? To be his witnesses. He doesn't just tell us, go out and share with people, and then we're freaking out, and we don't have any power. No, he says, I'm going to clothe you with power from on high, a supernatural power, in order for you to be my witnesses. And then he does that, and throughout the book of Acts, these different manifestations would happen. They'd go out with boldness, a supernatural boldness. They'd go out with joy. Different manifestations would happen. Gifts of the Spirit, they'd start prophesying. The power of the Holy Spirit would come on them, and they'd prophesy. Or they would speak in other tongues, or they'd speak in a heavenly language. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is an empowering. So baptism with water is a symbol. It's an act of obedience. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowering to be witnesses. It's an empowering to be witnesses. And then there's a third. And this is often not talked about in churches, although it's central in the message of Jesus. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So what is this all about? Well, we always let the Bible interpret itself. So let's look at the next verse after Matthew 3.11, Matthew 3.12. It says this, his winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Can all the farmers in the house raise their hand? Okay, there's one. Awesome. Um, So I did that because most of us don't understand this. What's a winnowing fork? A winnowing fork is an instrument to separate the good crop from all the weeds. When When you sow into a field, weeds naturally grow up with the good crop. The Bible says that Jesus would come to separate the good crop, the wheat, from the chaff. So a winnowing fork comes and separates it. And then all of a sudden he said, well, he puts that chaff and then he burns it. And that's what the, the baptism of fire is. It's a burning away of the junk in our lives. It's the burning away of the sin. It's the burning away of all the stuff that's not pleasing to God. So why does the baptism of fire happen? It happens so that we can be pure vessels that contain the presence of God and move in his power in a holy and pure way. 
I thought you'd be excited about that. The, the baptism of fire, God comes on us with a strong conviction. I, here, I remember it, how it happened to me. I was on the back row of a, a little Methodist church on my first mission trip to Mexico. And the preacher was talking about how God actually resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And he loves to pour out and use them in an amazing way. And as he's talking about that, I start getting convicted of what a proud person I've been and, and all the sin in my life. And I actually started feeling hot all over me. I don't know if you've ever felt so convicted that you're like hot. And I thought I was, it was uncomfortable. It was a, 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 a very intense moment. And he said, if you need to just get rid of that sin, run to the altar right now. I was already saved. I was already walking with God. But there was a baptism of fire happening. And I ran to the front and I just started repenting of all my sin. Why? Because I wanted to be pure and holy. That's a baptism of fire. In fact, if you don't remember in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit comes, there are actually tongues of fire that come on these guys. So we pray for a baptism of fire for us that we can be pure and holy and, and contain God's power in these earthen vessels of ours. So three different baptisms that we believe for as we walk in our journey. But the first is a baptism in water. And that's what we get to celebrate today, church, as a couple dozen people are coming to get baptized. So here's the ground rules for baptism. This is a celebration. Remember I brought out the birthday cake? These people are showing their spiritual birthday has happened, that the old person is gone and the new person's raised to life. So when they come out of the water, you have permission to go hog wild. All right? So let's welcome these ones that are coming out today to be baptized, church family. And they're going to tell us their name and why they're getting baptized, and then we're going to dunk them into water and celebrate as they come. So, Jason, tell us who we have today. And everybody else, come follow Joel. Come this way. Just line up. Hi, everybody. Wow, we have a lot of baptisms to do today. We had to bring out a second tub. I was expecting more excitement about a second tub. Keep coming, keep coming so we can see y'all. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is such a celebration and a, a symbol of that covenant everybody's making with Jesus Christ. I want you to participate with us. Uh, after we talk to the, let's give a hand for Hazel, by the way. She's going first, which is awesome. Um, after we talk to Hazel a little bit, uh, her family's going to baptize her. Now, when the person baptizing the person says, we baptize you, we're all going to say together, in the name of the Father, the Son. Let's try it again. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, with a little more excitement, that would be great. So let's uh, let Hazel jump in here. All right, you can stay standing for a second. Here, face me. Hello. Hello. How old are you? I'm eight. All right. So can you tell us why do you want to be baptized today? I want to be baptized because I really feel like God is calling me to follow him. All right. Great. Hazel, uh, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Yes. And do you want to follow him the rest of your life? Yes, I would. All right. Go ahead and sit down. 
Hazel, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. We're going to keep them going, both tubs. Tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. My name's Abby, and I want to get baptized because I love Jesus and I care about him. Awesome. All right, Abby, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. All right, here we go. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. We baptize you in the, in the name, name of, of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. What's your name, sir? John. All right. We got to do shorter applause. I love you. We got all these folks. Let's do it. What's your name? John. All right, John. Why are you getting baptized today? Because I think it's time to give my life to the Lord. Man, have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. All right, great. Go ahead and sit down. All right, John, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. Star, um, and just for refresh, restart with Jesus. All right, have you given your heart to Jesus? Yes. Are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. All right. Are you ready? We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son. All right. All right. All right, what's your name? I'm Soph. And why are you getting baptized today? Um, I was an atheist since I was seven years old, and it wasn't really working for me. And I want to dedicate my life to Jesus Christ. All right, great. All right, have you, have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Yes, I have. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes, I have. I will. All right. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Go ahead, Kim. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. My name is Sabrina, and I'm getting baptized because I know who my Lord and Savior is, and not only that, I know I can't live my life without him. Okay, awesome. And have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. Are you going to follow him the rest of your life? I am. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what's your name? Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Why are you getting baptized today? Um, because my parents baptized me when I was a baby, but now it's my turn to make the decision. All right, awesome. Uh, have you given your heart to Jesus? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. All right, Jessica, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. My name is Demon. I'm getting baptized because I was blind, but now I can see. All right. 
And let me ask you a couple of questions. Have you given your heart to Jesus? I have. Are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Absolutely. It's a big one, church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Kaye, I'll tell him your name. Kaye, why are you getting baptized today? Because um, God's been so faithful to me, and I want to be faithful to him. All right. Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Yes. Are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. Uh, my name is Bruce. Uh, God met me and uh, was faithful when I was not. He showed me a promise, and you guys are seeing the next step in that promise today. All right, Bruce, have you given your life to Jesus? Wholeheartedly. You going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop for just a second because that is such a, a teachable moment as you're seeing parents baptize their kids. You just saw a husband baptize his wife, giving her life to Jesus. And then right after she was baptized, she turned around and baptized her husband. So... <laughs> You know, when God gets a hold of us, he gets a hold of whole families. And the day you're baptized, you're ready to baptize other people, church. So this is amazing. All right, what's your name? Belen. Why are you getting baptized today? Because time after time, Jesus has proven to be so loving, faithful, and so real. And I just want more of him. All right, awesome. Have you, uh, have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. Right, Belen, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. I'm Daviana, and I'm getting baptized because I'm ready to take the next step in my faith, and I'm asking for freedom. All right, and have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. And you're going to follow him the rest of your life? Of course. All right. All right, Daviana, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what's your name? I'm Chelsea. Chelsea, why are you getting baptized today? Because I want to publicly declare that my faith is in Jesus. All right, great. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Yes. Are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. Chelsea, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why are you getting baptized? Um, my name is Brian, and um, I was raised atheist, and uh, Jesus saved me a few months ago, and I just owe him everything, you know? Wow, come on, it's awesome. So you've given your life to Jesus? I have, I've given, I want to give everything to Jesus, and he's the way. All he's right. Right, and are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes, sir. All right, come on. Brian, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what's your name? Jamie. Jamie, why are you getting baptized today? 
the deepest desire of my heart is uh, to just live my life with Jesus for the rest of my life. That's all that I want. So, Have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Absolutely. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. I'm Brent. Um, I want to get baptized because I love Jesus. Um, I want to rededicate my life to him, and I want to serve him in everything I do. And you've given your heart to Jesus? Yes, I have. You're going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes, I have. Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, you will. All right. <laughs> Come right up here. All right, Brent, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Father Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what's your name? Trina. Trina, why are you getting baptized today? Because I want to walk with Jesus Christ for the rest of my life. All right. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. Grace. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. Um, my name is Alex, and I've just, uh, I've lived a season where I've only lived for myself, and I'm just deciding today that, that things need to change. Awesome. And have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. Are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes. All right. Okay, Alex, baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not bad, not bad. Hey, what's your name? My name's Gallo, and I'm getting baptized because two years ago I gave my life to Christ, and I want to take it to the next level. Great. Uh, so it sounds like you've given your heart to Jesus. Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Uh, yes. Great. All right, it's my pleasure to baptize you, Gabo, my brother in Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why are you getting baptized? My name is Dorcas, and I want to be baptized because I want to give my life to Jesus uh, and have an eternal life. Awesome. So you've given your heart to Jesus? Yes. You're going to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. All right. Baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, what's your name? Angelo. How old are you? Seven. All right, buddy. Uh, why are you getting baptized? Because I want to follow Jesus and because he's the only way to heaven. All right, great. Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Yes. And are you going to follow him the rest of your life? Yeah. Great. 
Tiger. Baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, tell us your name and why you're getting baptized. Frank, and this is actually my second time getting baptized. Uh, first time I just felt like it really wasn't 100% in. Uh, now I feel like I'm 100% in now. And have you given your heart to Jesus, Frank? Absolutely. You're going to follow him the rest of your life? Yes, sir. All right. Frank, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, church, why don't we stand up, rise your feet. Guys, let's just give a big hand to the Lord for all that he's doing. Let's thank him for all the changed lives. He is good. He's bringing new life. He's saving. He's restoring. He's delivering. He's setting free. Would you just pray with me right now? Father, we thank you for what you're doing today. We thank you for all these that are getting baptized. We thank you for new life in Jesus. And just a moment, while your eyes are closed, if you're not 100% sure that Jesus is living in your heart, if you're not sure that he has saved you, if you're not certain that you're going to heaven when you die, I want to give you a chance in this moment to receive him, to receive that forgiveness, that free gift of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you need that, I want you to just pray this prayer with me from your heart. You can repeat these words right after me. Just say this, Jesus, I need you. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and I'll follow you. And while every eye is closed, every head is bowed right now, I want to pray for those that say, yes, today, Pastor, I'm praying, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Or you might say, I went far away from God, but today I'm coming back into his family. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand right now? No one looking around. Just wave, wave at me. Thank you. All over this room, just wave at me. Thank you. Who else? Just wave at me. Just wave at me real quick. Thank you. Who else? Just look up at me and wave to say, that's me. I'm, I'm praying with you to give my life to Jesus. Who else is that? Thank you. I see you there too. Who else? Just wave at me real quick. All over this room. If that's you, thank you. I see you there as well. Awesome. If I can have the prayer team come forward, if you're giving your life to Jesus today, I want to invite you forward to receive one of these books. It talks about knowing God as your best friend. It talks about how you can have a relationship with him. Prayer team, just come quickly forward right now.